Hi folks, I'm Adam Skandarani and you are listening to the Brilliant Dog Pod, where we're talking all things dog training. The only rules? It's got to be effective, it's got to be fair, and it's got to be fun. Hello everyone, I would like to start out by saying thank you so much for all the support you have shown me after the airing of my first episode last week. Your support has been such an incredibly affirming thing and I very much appreciate it, so thank you so much. And thank you for letting me know the many questions that you've had about the episode, and I can't wait to answer them. Um, And letting me know that that episode and my story with Flash has helped you so much with your own dogs and with your own journeys. That brought me so much joy to hear. Because one thing that I strive to be as a trainer is relatable to my clients. It's very important to me that my clients understand that the reason why I'm here to help them and the reason why I have the knowledge and the skills that I have is because I've been through it myself. So not only do I understand how to modify behavior and change their dog's behavior, but I also understand the toll that it takes on reactive dog owners to own these reactive dogs. I definitely understand that. And it is so important to me that my clients understand that and know that. So it was incredibly joyful for me to hear how much support you felt in listening to that episode. Okay, so today I want to talk about one of the single most important skills you can teach your dog, whether you intentionally take them off leash or not. And that, my friends, is a solid recall. So what if I told you that a recall isn't really just a specific skill, but rather a collection of skills glued together by your relationship with your dog. Because no matter how many skills your dog has, they're going to fall apart if your dog doesn't have a decent relationship with you. That is of the utmost importance in any behavioral modification plan. And our relationships with our dogs are often overlooked in training which is why you'll hear a lot of behavior consultants talking about how training isn't behavior modification, but you'll often see them go hand in hand together. Training is about behaviors, and behavior modification is about changing emotions. Now, I don't know about you, but you won't get me to change my emotions if I don't trust you. And especially not if I don't like you and I don't trust you. So building a solid relationship with our dogs is so important. Okay, now that I'm off that soapbox, let's get back to recalls. Now, in most puppy and basic obedience classes, we teach baby dogs to come when called using restrained recalls, usually on a long line and in a ring with seven to nine other dogs and people, and I find that to be a little icky. I don't like that it relies on frustration and in some puppies' cases, desperation to manufacture a recall. Instead, I like to teach a classically conditioned recall, which just means that I've paired my recall word with food by just feeding my dogs whenever they hear that word and letting the food do its magic. With a little bit of time and repetition, your dog will begin to anticipate food whenever you say your recall word and move into you to prepare to receive that food. 
addition to a classically conditioned recall, I also teach my dog a set of skills which help create predictability and create trust between us. This trust and predictability will give your dog a sense of security and they'll generally enjoy being in your company more, which will help keep your recall word strong because you're not going to use it nearly as often as you would if you didn't have a decent relationship with your dog and if your dog generally didn't want to be close to you. Some of these skills that I teach include name recognition. And what that just means is that the dog recognizes its name. And I do this by classically conditioning their name just like I would their recall word. I give them a piece of food after I say their name. So it's Fido, give them a piece of food. Fido, give them a piece of food. Fido, give them a piece of food. And this is not dependent on their behavior at all. It is not contingent on their behavior, as in they don't have to do anything to earn this food. They just have to hear their name and eat the food. And I do this multiple times a week, just five, 10 cookies um, or 30 seconds worth of time. It doesn't take very long at all. And what this does is it puts money in their name bank. And what I mean by that is that if we pretend, <clears throat> sorry, if we use the bank analogy the way we do in a lot of puppy classes, every time you give your dog cookie, you're putting money in the bank. And then you can withdraw some things um, every time you ask them to do a behavior. If we use that analogy, the bank that we are called, the bank account that we are calling name recognition, the more money we put into it up front, and then the more money we put in to maintain their name recognition, the more we can use it in the real world. And so what it looks like is, like I said, you just say their name and give them cookies, say their name, give them a cookie. And that just right there puts money in the bank so that when you use it in the real world, they are more likely to come to you because they are in the black in their name recognition bank account as in they have a lot of money in there it's not going to be expensive for them to come to you it's not going to feel like hard work for them to come to you away from the good things so having their names and understanding what they mean and having a positive association with their names is an incredibly useful skill another useful skill i teach my dogs is to understand what location specific markers are and what that just means is that i give my dog different words to mean you can collect your food reinforcement in different ways and i like using having i like having three different reward markers and or location specific reinforcement cues um, for my dogs who i take off leash one word to mean come take food from my hand and that's my recall word another to mean I'm going to throw a piece of food on the on the ground for you to chase, and one that is a scatter cue, which means I'm just going to throw a handful of food on the ground for you to snuffle out and forage for. These skills are very helpful in creating predictability in how our dogs can access their food reinforcers and when they can access their food reinforcers. And in the absence of these words, generally food is just not available. I also like to teach my dogs a default behavior, and I like to use this default behavior once they are taught as a start button to see where my dog's brain is at. Hey, do you have a brain? Because if you don't have a brain, then you don't get to go off leash because then you'll make silly decisions that will land you in a boatload of trouble and I'm going to have to either use my recall word or worse will happen. So my default behavior for allowing my dogs to go off leash is a hand touch. 
And so I expect this hand touch to be sustained, which means that once they put their nose on my hand, they keep it there until I cue them to remove their nose from my hand. And really what it means is I get controlled stillness out of my dog, which is something they really have to think about giving me. Plus, I know they're really thinking about putting their nose on my hand and applying a certain amount of pressure to keep it there. And so that tells me that they have a brain. It's also an easy behavior so that they get paid for often. So it's a likely a high probability behavior. And so it takes a lot of effort for them to not do the behavior versus to do the behavior because it's a very cheap behavior. It's one they've gotten paid for multiple times in the past. And they understand that if they do this behavior, they get to access off-leash freedom. That's what a start button means. It's a behavior that you do to access something else or to start a procedure. And so if they do that hand touch, I feel like I'm getting a little convoluted here. So if they do the hand touch and they do it to my criteria, meaning they're applying enough pressure to keep their nose there, and they're giving me that controlled stillness that I'm asking for, then they get to go off leash. And if they don't do it to my criteria, they're not putting enough pressure to keep their nose on my hand, or they're hovering their nose just above my hand, or they don't keep their nose glued to my hand um, for at least a couple of seconds, then they are not allowed off leash. And we will go on a little bit, let them decompress a little more, let them satiate their need to move their body on a long line maybe, um, and then I will ask them again. And if they still can't, then they just are on a long line walk, if that makes sense. Another skill I like to do is a collar or a harness grab. Um, bonus points is if you can teach your dog a voluntary collar give a la Sarah Streming. Um, but at least teaching them to tolerate you grabbing their collar will help them feel less icky about you grabbing their collar when you do need to use it. And this is especially true for reactive dogs. So say you and your reactive dog are coming up against other dogs on the trail and you want to call your dog to you and they don't really have the skills yet to pull over and calmly let the other dogs pass. One thing that you can do to help control your dog's head, especially if they're still reacting um, or in a phase where they are still reacting when dogs pass them on trails or things, is you can grab their collar to control their head and have a little bit more control over them in the moment while the other people and their dogs pass. And to make that a little less icky, I like to pair that with food at the same time so that they're not feeling totally restrained or they can tolerate being restrained a little bit easier. And then another thing that I like to teach my dogs is to know when I'm going to be putting them on leash and when I'm taking them off leash. This helps create routine around the leash and reduces confusion about when they are on versus off leash, thus reducing frustration around being leashed up in the first place. And when they have this skill, I like to practice it in context. So in areas where I would take them off leash, be this legal off leash areas or sniff spots or the backyard or et cetera, et cetera. I like to practice it in those contexts so that I can put them on leash and immediately take them back off leash so that they can learn that the leash doesn't always signify the end of fun. Another skill 
um, is just another skill in my repertoire that I think is super helpful for dogs. And this is also incredibly helpful for dogs who you never intend to take off leash because they can use the skill um, in case their their collar um, snaps or their leash accidentally comes undone or something like that, God forbid, happens because sometimes that stuff happens. And so if it happens, you can give your dog a cue that means I'm going to leash you up now and their job is to freeze in place. And so you don't have to fight with them or worry that they're going to run away now that that leash is off of them because they have a job to do. You said leash up or whatever word you want to use and they freeze until you put a leash on them again and then you can release them into movement again. Another skill I like to teach dogs is to yield to leash pressure. Not only does this help with loose leash walking in general, it is another opportunity for your dog to turn into you for reinforcement. This is so important because the more opportunities we give our dogs to turn into us, the more likely they will be to turn into us in situations when they might not know what else to do, such as if they lunge to the end of their leash, pulling it out of your hands. Story, tale as old as time. Um, that history of turning into you when they feel that pressure is more likely to override their desire to move forward, saving them from potentially a potentially bad outcome. Um, these are just a few of the skills I teach in my online class, um, Recalls for the Real World. I don't teach a typical recallers class, and the feedback that I've received is that this class was helpful in that it built up skills in people's dogs, and it built up their relationships with their dogs and helped them trust that their dogs would make good decisions. And it also helped them set their dogs up to make those good decisions in the first place. It made them need to use their recalls less and less overall, thus strengthening it since they weren't calling their dogs away from the fun as much. The next round of classes does begin September 6th and it goes for six weeks. I'll link the sign up page in the show notes below and I hope to see you there if you really want to learn some of these skills. Um, Anyway, I really hope that this gives you new perspective on recalls and helps you strengthen your own recalls in situations when you might need them the most. Until the next time, happy training! Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to support the podcast in a more tangible way, you can head over to my Patreon linked in the show notes and show your support that way. Until next time.